It won't keep you long. <laughs> Amen. Revelation 2 and verse number 18. The Bible said unto the angel of the church in Thyatira, Write these things, saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works in charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which ye have already hold fast until, till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I receive of my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Father, I want to thank you tonight for the Word of God, for the good singing and the Spirit of God that's been in this place. I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy Word and help us tonight. I pray, speak to our hearts in a personal manner. And we'll love you and thank you and praise you. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach tonight on the church of Thyatira. And this church tonight is a uh, church that we would call the false church. And what I mean by that is certainly it is a church because our Savior addressed it as a church. But false doctrine had crept into this church. If you go back to Ephesus, you know that it was a fallen church and certainly uh, Smyrna was a persecuted church and uh, we see that uh, uh, the other churches that we talked about uh, had mentioned Pergamos was a worldly church and then Thyatira is a false church and what happens is, is there's a time Timeline, that when a church leaves its first love and persecution comes and uh, deeds become doctrine and the world begins to get a foothold uh, within that church, then all of a sudden false doctrine begins to rule and begins to reign within the walls of that church. Now we've all passed by churches and we have scratched our head and thought how in the world could a church that started out so good and started out so right could end up so wrong? Well, I want to tell you what's happened to them could happen to us tonight. Brother, I'm telling you, there is a time uh, we are living in days whenever we need to buy the truth and sell it not and we need to hold fast our doctrines and our principles and what we believe and why we believe it. It's so important that uh, our young people grow up not just knowing what they believe but why they believe what they believe and that means they've got to have good leadership in a church and there's got to be strong leadership in a church and there's got to be fundamental teaching and fundamental preaching and I love to shout and run the aisles. You know that but sometimes we preach and we teach and it may not always be shouting ground but the shouting will come amen but there's got to be a foundation there's got to be something there to stand upon when false doctrine raises its head up it's very possible that the church of Thyatira was started by a woman if you remember in Acts chapter number 16 Paul preaches the gospel and one of Paul's first converts was Lydia the Bible says a seller of purple and the word of God says that she 
she was from Thyatira. It's very possible that she went back and sold the seeds of the gospel in Thyatira and the church was born perhaps even as a result of that. I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying there's the possibility of that happening, that the church was founded by a woman. But we do know this for sure, that the church was founded by a woman, a woman the Bible talks about in verse number 20 by the name of Jezebel. And the Bible gives her that name. And she called herself a prophetess. And she brought in false teaching and false doctrine. You know what false teaching and false doctrine always leads to? It leads to corruption and perversion. Amen? The Bible talks about in the church of Ephesus and the church of Pergamos. It talks about the deeds of the Nicolaitans in the church of Ephesus. But then it talks about the doctrine of the Nicolaitans in the church of Pergamos. Now you ought to see that in verse number six and verse number 16, what started out as deeds wound up to be doctrine, amen? So that answers this question tonight. If we allow certain things in our church to be a practice, eventually it's gonna be a principle, amen? In other words, if we lower the standard of dress in our church, guess what's gonna happen? What starts out to be a practice will eventually become a principle. If we allow Calvinism into our church and we okay a little bit of that, what starts out to be a little bit of a practice becomes a principle. Those deeds become doctrine. Behavior turns into belief. And that's where we find the church of Thyatira. They are in an absolute mess because the ball has been dropped and the baton has failed to be passed. And now false doctrine has crept its way in the doors. I want to say tonight, we need strong fundamental teaching and we need strong fundamental preaching of the word of God in these last days that we're in. To every Sunday school teacher and to this pastor, I want to say this. You ought to try to divorce yourself from making these kind of statements. Well, I think this, or I believe this. You know, even this morning passingly, it's just a slip of the tongue. I made a statement saying, well, you know, I believe. And, and I understand that as long as what we believe is out of the book, it is fine. But I try to, to get as far away from saying, well, I believe this or I think that. Because in essence, you don't come to hear what I think or what I believe even in this right. What you need to hear is thus saith the Lord. Amen. What this younger generation needs to hear Sunday in and Sunday out in Sunday school and in preaching. They don't need to hear the preacher get up and say, well, I believe this and I believe that or I think this. I understand I slip of the tongue. Uh, my tongue slips just like everybody else in that but I try to steer from that because I want them to know that we're only interested in what God put down in this book. Amen? There's nothing wrong with preferences and standards and convictions and I believe in every single one of them. Amen? And brother, listen, I don't believe young people ought to run in church. Somebody say Amen. I don't need a Bible verse for that. That's a preference, it's a standard, and it's what we hold. Somebody say it, man. I'm not talking about dropping anything. I'm just talking about when you open the Bible and you read out this book, people need to know what does this mean and how does it fit their life, amen? And friend, that we need to keep the truth. We need, to, we need to keep strong preaching and Bible preaching. It don't have to be, it may not be the best preaching, but it needs to be Bible preaching, isn't that right? I don't want to be known for a preacher of great personality or charisma or any of those. I never will be anyway. But I'll tell you, when I die, if I could just be remembered of one thing, if anything, it would be that I just preach the Word of God. Because it's not my words that's going to do anything for anybody. Brother, this book's what helps us. 
Well, I'm telling you, you preach the Bible and somebody comes by and shakes your head and says, boy, that helped me. You know what it reminds me? It reminds me how great this book is. We don't have the vocabulary to, to help people. We can say things and, and we can articulate words, but that, they're just empty words. But I'm telling you, the Bible is what builds a foundation. It's what strengthens a home. It's what steadies a church and it's what saves a sinner. And we need that and we cannot afford to do without it. And in this uh, passage of scripture tonight, you'll note here that there's three things I want you to see here. I want you to see number one, what the Lord detected about this church. In verse number 18 and 19, he detects and he emphasizes his own person as he says unto the angel of the church of Thyatira, right? These things saith the Son of God who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire and his feet like unto brass. Now when you see eyes of fire and feet of brass, what that represents, those eyes of fire represents anger. They represent wrath. And those feet of brass represents judgment. They're always a picture of God's judgment. And God is getting ready to judge his children. I want to tell you that's what God wants to do to us on a week in and week out basis. He takes this book and he judges the church tonight. The Bible said a spiritual man judgeth all things, meaning that we're constantly putting ourselves under the microscope. You know that's what preaching and teaching does? It puts us back in a rightful place. It puts us under the microscope and allows us to deal with things in the church. I'll give you a good truth tonight that I think will help all of us. Don't ever get to the place where you get so sensitive in church that preaching and teaching hurts your feelings. Brother, God don't bring all of us, and I say all of us, he don't bring us to a church so we can hear what we want to hear Sunday in and Sunday out. He brings us to a church so we can hear the word of God and let the word of God cut and divide and work in our life how it needs to be and let God turn some things over in our life. Let God reveal some things that's in our heart. Let God do something that that ought not be there. Let him cut those things away. If you ever find a church where you feel good every Sunday, there's something wrong, amen? Because we're not that good. And he represents it. He emphasizes his person. And thank God for the person of the Lord Jesus Christ in the church and then he emphasizes his people as again he says I know thy works thy charity and thy service and thy favor and thy patience and thy works and the last to be more than the first and I want to tell you something that's interesting about this in all three of these churches or four of these churches he said I know thy works thy patience and thy labor but if you go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 he talks about that church you can read it later And he talks about a work of faith, a labor of love, and a patience of hope. I think Brother Rattery showed me this last Sunday. And in all three of those, he mentions those three things. But he does not talk about their work of faith, their labor of love, and their patience of hope. So you can have work and not have a work of faith. You can have a a labor and not have a labor of love. You can have patience and not have a patience of hope. Now, if that helps you, send Brother Rattery your money this week, amen? Because he's the one. He told me that. I said, man, I'm writing that down and preaching it if you don't mind. But I want to say tonight, he emphasizes and detects, uh, the Lord detects some things about this church. I see what the Lord detects about this church. I see what the Lord detests about this church. I wonder what in Bible Baptist Church makes God sick tonight. I don't want to be so narrow-minded as to think that we're so wonderful that nothing we do makes God sick. Because sin always makes him sick. Heresy, if anything, 
makes God sick. And in this church, it was the heresy. He talks about the source of this heresy in verse number 20. He said, notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed with idols. Now, the Bible is clear in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 11. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection, but I suffer not a woman to teach nor to urge authority over the man, but to be in silence. Now, every spirit spiritual lady in this church agrees with that verse and lives by it, but you know that when false doctrine and heresy uh, comes into play, the source of that in this church was a woman. I want to tell you friend, Joyce Myers is not a preacher. Somebody say amen, because there's no such creature as a woman preacher. Somebody say amen to that. And uh, But we live in the Joyce Meyer age when uh, people think that it's alright, but it may what may sound good and what may sound right is not biblical according to the word of God. And the source of this heresy here was a woman. The seriousness of this heresy was that she began to teach and to seduce servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed with idols. Now, what happened here was that this lady uh, had the wrong position and because of that, she taught, had the wrong precepts and wound up with the wrong prince of wrong practices. Amen? And listen, false doctrine always leads to corruption. It wound up to be fornication, wound up in uh, adultery, uh, sacrificing unto idols. How did a church that started out so right turn out so wrong. It was because of the heresy. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You know, that's why you shouldn't listen to just anything or watch anything. You start watching something on television and think it's not, you, you, the first time you see that, Holy Spirit will deal with you and say, man, that's really bad, but somehow you justify it. The longer you watch it, the less it begins to bother you. You begin to accept it more. You know what has happened to you? The Bible's not changed. The Spirit of God would still speak to you, but you've become desensitized because you've allowed something in your life, we've allowed something in our life that should not be there. You start listening to rock music or country music, you'll make statements like this after a while. Well, I don't see anything wrong with that. You don't see anything wrong with it because the more you allow things into your life, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you listen to adultery long enough, there's a great possibility you could you could convince or commit that very sin. If you can laugh at adultery, laugh at fornication. All of our sitcoms today are made about those type of things and people watch them as entertainment and they laugh at that and they mock that. I tell you, I don't want to laugh at what God calls sin. Amen? I don't want to laugh at something that God has put his, uh, has not put his stamp of approval on, that God has put a curse on tonight, but we're living in that day, aren't we? There's the seriousness of this heresy, uh, the wrong principle, the wrong precept, the wrong practice, and then there's the stubbornness of this heresy. Look at verse number 21. And I gave her a space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Well, there's something we ought to mark about verse 21. That is that God is long-suffering. God gave a woman that was teaching false doctrine and heresy and causing people to commit fornication, God gave her a space of grace. You know, God loves people and he will give them an opportunity to repent. Because of her own stubbornness, she repented not. I remember Brother Brown's message during revival when he announced his subject and said he was going to preach on stubbornness. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, he's like a brother to me. And as he got up and preached, I thought to myself, now that's the strangest subject I've ever heard of for revival probably one of the most needed messages that's ever been preached. 
Brother, stubbornness will ruin your life. This woman could have got right with God. Brother Josh mentioned over uh, in the prayer room about having pride. And, and I didn't make the statement over there because I thought, well, I'll make it in the sermon tonight. But you know, it's hard for us to admit that we have pride. Just like Brother Laddie said, we all have pride. We have to deal with pride. But it's good for us to admit our pride, isn't it? I'm not saying we have to air out everything about ourselves, but it's good for us to admit that we deal with pride because if the day comes that we don't, stubbornness follows pride. And there's a stubbornness of this heresy. She would not repent. Always repent when God deals with your heart. Don't be afraid to walk down the aisle. Don't be afraid to, to come and, and kneel down at this altar. Uh, Brother Jones had ate lunch with us today at the house and he was mentioned, uh, uh, I can't remember the preacher's name, Dr. Um, uh, Carpenter, I think it was, that, uh, that he was talking about him and said that uh, said that one thing about Dr. Carpenter he always remembered is that every time a sermon, we're talking about a great theologian, a great doctor that preached all across the nation. He said, but every time I was in a meeting with him and, and a message was preached that you just knew God was moving, he said Dr. Carpenter was one of the first people to get out of his seat and use the altar. Now I'm not telling you that tonight so that you'll come to the altar. But I'm telling you tonight, we have to humble ourselves. Or when the Holy Spirit deals with us, let God work in your life. Then there's the suppression of her heresy. He said in verse 22, he said, Behold, I will cast her into a bed and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation except they repent of their deeds and I will kill their children with death and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and the hearts and I will give to every one of you according to your works. I want to tell you tonight, God is going to take care of his church. Brother, I'm telling you, listen. Heresy is like kudzu. If you ever get it in your church, it'll take the Holy Ghost to get it out. The veins of heresy will run so deep and infect so many people in your church that it could cause a mass exodus. Tonight, you and I must study the word of God. Can I get an amen right there? You ought to read your Bible regular. You ought to study the Word of God. Don't be a lazy Christian. Don't throw it on a shelf and let all week go by. Don't, don't expect the Sunday school teacher and the preacher to feed you enough on Sunday and on Wednesday to keep you afloat spiritually. Open your Bible. Read it daily. You don't have to comprehend it all, but you ought to read it all. Amen? You ought to have some goals in Bible reading and go through the Word of God. I know I sound like a broken record in preaching that, but I'm telling you, friend, that's the only way that you're ever going to be a strong Christian is put your nose in this book and read it and read it. There's no magic wand to the Christian life. There's no special plateaus that some get to walk on. It's just those that choose to live by the word and live in the word are the ones that have victory from the word of God. Amen. You gotta read it tonight. You'll be a weak, anemic Christian. Always whining, always complaining, always whimpering about something if you don't read that book. I'm gonna tell you something about the Bible. Well, the Bible knocked the rough edges off you on it. Can I get an amen right there? Brother, I'm telling you, I read some things this week. It made me want to get under the desk. So convicting. Don't you thank God for conviction? Thank God for a book that'll talk to you. It may not always tell me what I want to hear, but I'm glad it always talks to me. Amen. I'm glad it'll shine the light in the dark places, the caverns of your soul. It'll sweep out the cobwebs of your heart. It'll pull out the weeds and it'll get out the, the muck and the mire that gets down in our soul. It'll clean you up. But I'm telling you, friend, listen, we need the truth in this day and time. 
Truth always prevails in the end. I remember somebody told me something one time that someone was saying about me and about this church. When they told me that, here's what I, I remember them saying. They said, well, what do, you, what do you say? I said, I don't have anything to say about that. They said, well, they're saying this. I said, well, if people choose to believe that, I don't believe what they want to believe. We're just going to stick with the truth, aren't you? Brother, we don't have time to answer a critic. Can I get an amen right there? There's some battles that are not worth fighting. You can't win every battle. You can't win every brother, but you just gotta fight the battles that's worth fighting and go on and serve God. But I can tell you in the end, truth always prevails. If you'll just stay with the truth and stick with the truth, truth always comes out winning on the other side. I say thank God for the truth tonight. There's what he detests about this church heresy. The pastor, the deacons, they have a responsibility to constantly keep that in check to constantly keep truth. You know, a man may preach something that I don't agree with here. Some things are so trivial that I would never say anything for, you know, they're not detrimental. Some things would be bad enough that I think I would pull them aside and say, now, brother, we don't believe that. And then there would be times, and I hope that day never comes, when you'd have to get up and say, now, that's not what we believe. Isn't that right? The truth must prevail. I see lastly here what the Lord determined about this church. He says to them in verse number 24, but unto you I say it unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that they which have already hold fast, but they which ye have already hold fast till I come. He oversee. He talks about the overseers and those faithful ones that have that have clung to the truth. And thank God for people that have not sold out. Can I get a witness on that? Thank God for people that's not compromised their Bible. They've not compromised their convictions. They've not compromised what what they believed in the '60s and the '70s or the '80s or the '90s. They still believe it today. I'm telling you, friend, that's what we need is faithful people that will say there's going to be persecution for standing for what's right. You don't have to be a smart aleck. You don't have to be hateful in your stand, but you ought to be firm in your stand. You ought to not compromise. You ought to stand without apology and without the fear and the favor of man. And if it costs you, let the chips fall where they are, but just stay with what's right. Amen? It may not be popular, but it's always rewarding to just stay with the Bible. Amen? It doesn't matter how many people's doing it. It doesn't matter how many people's going that way. Just stick with the truth. I'll tell you something funny. I hope it's funny. You always hope something's funny. Somebody was telling me not too long ago about preachers believing that the earth is flat. Has anybody ever heard this? I know one hand has to be. Brother Caleb has to raise his hand. There's people that believe the earth is flat. Now, I don't know if anybody here believes the earth is flat, but and I'm not going to go into the, the I'm not even going to take the time to tell you why. I don't believe the earth is flat. Other than if you do, please don't come talk to me about it. I'd rather, I'd rather watch moss grow as to have that discussion with anybody. <laughs> but I found out that there's a lot of people that believe this. People's crazy, aren't they? Just walk outside and look up at the sun. Look up at the moon. Let, they don't have to read the Bible. Just look up. Amen. Are y'all with me tonight? Oh, Lord, I hope we don't have half a church believing in flat earth. (laughs) I 
wouldn't argue that. If somebody wants to think the earth is flat, let them think it's flat. You know, Lord help them, you know. But anyway, there's a, you know, those are things that I wouldn't waste my time arguing over tonight. But there are truths tonight. Hey, brother, we're not backing up one inch on Amen. Brother, there's doctrines and principles and things that, you know, I don't like it when somebody corrects this book. There's no better rendering than what we hold tonight. Amen. There are no originals. So when people start talking about the originals, they've never seen a copy of the originals. Amen. There are no originals tonight. I hold in my hand the original for English-speaking people tonight. I'm not going to run around trying to defend the King James because the King James don't need defended. Amen. Brother, I'm telling you, when you're right, you don't have to defend it. You can rest in it. Amen. Let those who are, are concerned and insecure about what they believe waste their time defending. But I'm telling you what I have tonight is a sure foundation. It's a solid foundation. I'm telling you the jo- Joyce Myers and the Joel Osteens of this world, they don't make me nervous one bit because I stand on a rock tonight. I stand on a book. It's timeless, amen. I stand on a book. It's been through the fire. It's been through the flood. It's come out, amen. It's won the victory every time. I built my life on it. I've raised my children on it. I've banked everything I've got on this book and it'll do while I'm living and thank God it'll do when I'm dying. It's good enough, hallelujah. The word of God is good enough tonight. Just preach the Bible, amen. And then I think about the future. He said to them, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron and the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers even as I've received my fathers. And notice this, and I will give him the morning star. You know what the morning star is? Or who it is? It's Jesus. Everything consists in Christ. Songwriter had it right when he said, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. You know, tonight if you trust anything other than Christ, you're trusting in the wrong thing. Brother, I'm telling you, the Bible will work when nothing else will, and it'll work when we think everything else will tonight. The Bible is good enough for me. I want to say, use this illustration tonight before I close. I thought about it. I'm not one to use a lot of illustration. Brother Wilson, if I could get your family to stand right over there. Maybe Brother Brian, y'all stand right here. It's coming down the road, and the Lord just put this illustration on my heart. Brother Lad, how about y'all come stand right here, your whole family. I'm talking about false doctrine. I'm talking about truth and principles tonight. I'm talking about standing for what's right. You see, the devil, the way he weakens the church, he knows tonight that Bible Baptist Church is not going to adopt some strange doctrine. He knows that tonight. So rather than do that, how false doctrine finds its way into church is by weakening the church. These people tonight, they represent three things. Number one, they represent individuals. Every one of them is different individuals in this church, from the oldest to the youngest. They also represent families tonight. There's three families up here tonight. They're individuals, but yet they're families, and then collectively, they represent the church as a whole. Now tonight, here's what the devil does. You can go sit down. And you can go sit down. I didn't tell you you could sit down. You can go sit down. 
Brother Wilson, you can sit down. And Brother Andrew, you can sit down tonight. I'll tell you what the devil does. He can't destroy the whole church. And he can't knock the whole family out. But here's what happens in a church. When someone in each one of these family units quit reading and praying, these people that are not up here tonight, they represent individuals that are not in their Bible. They don't have a personal devotion. They're not reading like they should. They're not spending time alone with God like they should. The family unit is still there. They're all still members of this church. But out of these three families, there's just a husband that has a personal devotion. But for whatever reason, the wife has failed. And this family here, the husband and a son has no personal wall. They're good church members. They love the church. They're faithful. But their personal life has suffered. Same in this situation. You know what happens when the devil can get someone to get out of their Bible? He knows heresy's not coming through that door by storm. But the church is weaker, isn't it, tonight? You see, these families are still in our church. But out of each one of these families, the church, the family is weaker. The individuals are weaker, so the family's weaker, so the church is weaker. Oh, and the devil does that. You know what he could do tonight? If he could just get that father and that eldest son to follow that, now here's all he got to do. They're still in church. They're still paying tithes. They're still coming regular. They're still singing in the choir. They don't have a personal walk. So now all he's got to do is work on that mother. If he can get that mother out of that book. If he can get this mother. Or if he can get that husband. He's got that home. All the while you're sitting in a good church with the right doctrine. If he can just get you now. He's got her out of the book. He just needs to get you out of the book. I'll show you the flip side of that. Y'all come back up here just a minute. You know how to make a church stronger? You know how to strengthen Bible Baptist Church? If you can get every one of these, if you can get that dad in the book, if you can get that dad, if you can get them leading that family, and you get that family in the Word of God, they represent individuals. Every individual needs a personal walk with God. Every home needs a spiritual atmosphere. Every dad needs to be the leader of that home. And when that home is going in the right direction, you know the end result of that? The church is stronger tonight. Y'all can be seated. I want to tell you, when the Holy Spirit looks at this church, when God looks at this church, He's not looking at the number that's in the church bulletin. There can be 200 people here on Sunday and the building can be full. But it doesn't really mean that the church is where it ought to be at. God looks at the individuals. By looking at the individual, He sees the home. And looking at the homes... That really reflects what the church is tonight. Don't you want to have a strong church? A strong church is not based on how many missionaries we support. It's not on how full the choir is or the Sunday school or how big the offering is. I'm going to tell you something. A strong church is based on the spiritual level of every individual that's here tonight. I'll tell you, simply put this, and I'll give the invitation. The more people in this church that are saved that we can get closer to God and in a personal, just what you sung tonight, Brother Sean, it's, it really got a hold of my heart because I knew what I was preaching on tonight. He walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me, when's the last time you've walked with God like that? When's the last time you walked with him in the Word of God? You read your Bible. When's the last time you prayed? 
going to tell you that's what we need tonight, church. If you love Bible Baptist tonight and you want Bible Baptist to be what it is tonight, 10 years from now, you must have, I must have a personal walk with God. A simple sermon on Sunday ain't going to help us one bit, brother. The pastor can't grab an outline and a text and get up and preach. It's got to be personal. Tonight as we stand and our heads are bowed, eyes are closed, where are you at tonight personally? To have a strong church, we have to have spiritual people. Read your Bible every day. Pray. You may not pray an hour, but you ought to pray. You ought to talk to God regularly throughout the day. It may not be long prayers, but it ought to be sincere prayers. He'll work in your life if you'll do that. Tonight, as Brother David sings, you, you mind God tonight if you need to come.